Welcome to the Zulu Time podcast, a straight talking conversation between two watch enthusiasts about the world of military watches. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 86 of the Zulu Time podcast with your host Dan from Timely Underscore Moments. So I hope you enjoyed the last episode, which was the interview with Stu over at Hawk Rigger. If you haven't, rewind, go and listen to that episode like now, um, because he's a good bloke, you know, and he talks about his development um, from the everyday carry kind of world through to uh, his development into watches effectively uh, we talk about his own collection as well as obviously his products that he offers to the watch fan um, which i own a couple of his products they're great products um like i said go check him out give him a follow reach out to him he's a good bloke um today's episode is a christmas episode uh, in the fact that it is Christmas gift ideas, because I know what the majority of the listeners are going to be like, because we're all kind of cut from the same cloth, which is we don't care about Christmas until after in England, after bonfire night and in America after um, Thanksgiving. So therefore, we've got less time to buy our Christmas gifts for people. And obviously, I like to think you've come to the Zulu Time podcast to get some gift suggestions for maybe someone who is also into watches or the other kind of stuff that obviously um, the podcast covers, such as, you know, the outdoors, travel, cameras, gear, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, in order to do that, I have brought AJ back onto the podcast. AJ, how you doing, bro? Oh, five by five. You know, I I'm, have Mike will travel. You know, that's what time zones are for, bud. Yeah. I mean, at, I mean, at some point, right, you need to actually travel across to here. I know, because I know. you need to get over here. We need to I go know. up a couple of mountains. Oh, yes. We need to take to a, to a few watch companies. And uh-huh. actually, as well, when you do eventually come over here, I mean, I expect you to bring your entire podcasting rig with you because we should oh. do a on-location uh, Zulu Time slash Analog mm-hmm. Explorer episode yes. on location. Okay. I think we need to do that. Done, done. Yeah, I just for getting over there is a little tricky for me because I have a family. And so, you know, getting three plane tickets across the Atlantic mm-hmm. is quite pricey still right now. So I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But if you, you know, pay attention to some of my gift suggestion ideas, maybe you can just throw the family into some of the warm kit that I've suggested, ah, throw hmm. them into your hold luggage. I'm not about to say, you know, you know, I mean, I'm just <laughs> yeah, saying yeah, there's, we, there's options. Yeah, yeah. There's options. Oh, there's anyway. options. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, AJ, as you're my guest, bro, what watch have you got on your wrist today? Oh, I've got I've got new watch alert and that NWA oh. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, talk to me. What, what have you got? Oh, yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So, for everybody who's not watching this, so I finally got myself a Holton and Elliot Brown. So, I've joined the, the, the ranks of the cool kids, as I like to call y'all, uh, over there in, in, in Great Britain. Um, yeah, I, uh, I got a, a, a bronze uh, Elliot Brown Holton. Got it off of the bay. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I like bronze. So I, I, I've noticed that the, the bronze Holton isn't as hip. It isn't as chic to a lot of people. And so hunting one down for me was a lot easier because um, they're not being bitted up and, you know, whatever. So I got this for a pretty, uh, pretty sweet deal and stuff. And um, I think you uh, yeah, got it it's... for such a sweet deal. Even the founder of the company agreed that you got it for a sweet deal from a that, 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 
that those are your words and his words, not mine. But uh, yeah, I know I was, I was, well, it's hard. Cause like I've, I've said before, like, you know, over here, I go to red bar, I go to wherever, like you can't find a lot of these unless you know somebody who has one. And so like mm-hmm. not having one in the metal, you know, I, you know, I was, I was trying to, you know, deal hunt and stuff, but like, no, it's great, man. Like, um, I've already put it through its pace. I, you know, I told you the story of like, you know, I went on a dive and it took a nose dive right onto a rock and I've got a pretty good, pretty good ding in the lugs already. Like, you know, yeah. it's, there's a, there's a small chunk missing. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, this is great. I mean, keeping great time. I honestly, like if I, if I, if I had to qualify, a uh, Elliot Brown Holton to a an American who hasn't seen one. It's big and unapologetically legible. Like that is what this thing is. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, above water, uh, underwater, the loom's great. Uh, the bezel is great. You can hear me playing with it in the background. Um, and uh, I love a 12369 dial. Like, I mean, that's what cinched it. And it's got a date because, you know, 40 hours a week, I, you know, I have a day job and I need to know the day, you know, like it's, it's great. I mean, they just, the price, the build, it's heavy as sin. Like, you know, I could do some damage with this thing on my knuckles, man. Like it's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. You could do, you could do a James Bond knuckle duster and uh, come away oh, yeah. still telling the time, uh, oh, yeah. which is always good. In fact, when you told me about uh, the knock that it took, cause let's be <laughs> honest, it did take a knock in. It's not just that it fell off, you know, it's not that it fell off your wrist or, you know, you no. fell over. It was a considerable height whilst on a dive trip. Um, yeah. And some would say that the rock also has a dent in it. <laughs> yeah. No. Some some say that that rock today still is 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 in pain from Elliot Brown. It, yeah, it no, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah, no, it fell, it fell from my uh, my buddy's um, pickup truck when we were gearing up and stuff, and it just nosedive. Right, I mean, it hit the lug and then slammed onto the crystal. And before I even got it in the water, it was like 24 hours old. But it keeps great time now. Like it was running fast, so I wouldn't mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that is the Pacific Northwest way of regulating watches. But you know, I'm like plus or minus five right now, so I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I always um, like a watch to run slightly fast because uh, I always feel like if a watch is running ever so slightly slow, I um, I don't know. It just oh, plays on my mind. That, yeah, it plays yeah. on my mind that I'm I'm late, even though I'm not. Yeah. And yeah. admittedly, it's seconds, right? But for me, it just plays in my mind because we're all watch freaks. So there you go. Um, but no, bro, I'm really glad that you um, managed to find one, and I'm obviously mm-hmm. more pleased that you actually enjoy it because it's one of those yeah. when you start hammering on about a company, as I have done for many a episode. Um, <laughs> my concern was that you wouldn't have liked it after committing you know to buy it effectively and then you know and the fact that they're quite difficult to get over in america but um you know it's great looks great on that green strap as well um yeah. now that you um are a potential bracelet convert are you going to <laughs> we'll talk about that later yeah, i've got yeah, that yeah. later in the show notes but yes i did get this on the bracelet and i mean i i i, I don't knock uh the bracelet like the build of it is just a beast. I th- uh, honestly, mm-hmm. I'd probably say it's probably better built than the Doxas that came with the mm-hmm. the three hundred T Custler, um, or if if not if not better on par because I mean they're yeah. different links, you know, like it's a yeah, rice versus the 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 folded link. But like, no, I mean it's it's great. Um, it's just I I I I dive in a dry suit, so I, I can't get mm-hmm. that over my cuff. So I just it doesn't it doesn't live on the bracelet, even though it, mm-hmm. I mean it matches right down to the damn uh the the the. I won't call them the spring bars, but the screw bars, yes. you know, they, they're all, it's all PVD. It's all bronze. Like it's just mm-hmm. the, the attention to detail for a, you know, for the, the price that they do this is just, it's impressive. And, uh, 
yeah, the change out, the change out straps on this thing is great. I mean, obviously I've got it on NATO, but you know, they're, they're a little pentalobe tool to mm -hmm. pop those. Oh, that's great. It's absolutely great. Why, how, how is that not a thing on every watch that dives? Yeah. That's great. I, I agree. I mean, like I said, I'm just glad that you enjoy it, bro. Uh, and it's good yeah. to see it actually out in the environment that it was built for. You know, um, yeah. I get up regular updates, guys, of AJ's diving trips. And uh, yeah, um, I'm sure we'll stick one of the um, more recent diving trips uh, videos into the show notes just so you can see it looming underwater and enjoying the aquatic lifestyle that AJ leaves up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, the watch that I've got on my wrist, mate, is the polar opposite uh, of oh. the Elliot Brown. Um it not it's not a diver um i have my a13a chronograph um from oh Paolo yeah on yeah the one a, that's been been been, been, a, been places it's been, it's been high. yeah it's been places yeah yeah, yeah. so um yeah. it's on it's, it's on a bond clip strap um because i kind of like how it looks a little bit uh classic oh yeah and kind of old-fashioned yeah. even though the watch is definitely not old-fashioned um uh but yeah so i'm wearing that chronograph and you're right i wrote an article uh early in the month um and it went to space. Yes, so cool. Um, so I know people can be like, prove it. There's photos on the Instagram. And there might be like an argument about what space is or where space starts. But I did do my due diligence. And um, according to NASA and science everywhere, space starts at, uh, well, there's two actual um, uh, like quotations points. But, points but effectively originally it was fifty thousand feet and if you're in the military and you regularly fly over fifty thousand feet and particularly in the u.s air force you're allowed to wear astronaut wings on your uniform instead of pilot wings um and then it's kind of agreed now it's actually sixty-two thousand feet or sixty-two thousand feet and some change um i have a photo of my watch at sixty-six thousand feet yeah, that's um, awesome. <laughs> just just right now there uh, but no genuinely really pleased because for me the watch um, as a project was really cool anyway because it obviously links me back to the community um that it was made for and that particular squadron um as i alluded to in my article has actually been around in my life on and off for a very long time so um i just felt that it kind of brought that whole project all together and the fact that i got the photos and was able to then write it up and share that story with you guys i thought was really cool so yeah. um yeah i mean clearly I'll watch that. I'll never leave my uh, my collection, and I've just enjoyed it ever since because I've got a space watch. <laughs> You've got a space watch. Yeah, it's cool. That that yeah, the the shots were dope. Uh, yeah. I mean that that whole thing. The fact that like even if you pinch in the mm -hmm. little, little Easter egg, if you pinch in on the wrist of that uh, U two pilot, you'll notice that they did they blow a a, a spring bar. Yes, he flight. did yeah. blow a spring bar. Yeah. So I hope that they managed, obviously, I hope, a shout out to the aircraft maintainers and I hope they found it. Or I hope that yeah. it actually blew before they took off, obviously. Um, yeah. But yes, it did blow a spring bar. Um, and so there you go. There is your argument for NATO and single pass straps. There you um, go. But it yeah. also proves that um, Paolo, uh, the owner, proprietor, founder of A13A, has the attention to detail to actually make a decent um extended strap that fits over the u2 um spacesuit effectively um but yeah it held uh the photos are great the article i am biased but i think is great um and more importantly um the watch is great so if you don't know anything about paolo i've interviewed him previously um earlier in the year i think it's like episode 69 or 70 um 60s, go yeah. back go back and listen to it because it's just really cool and he's a good guy 
Um, right, so that's our risk checks out the way. Um, clearly, we're both enamored with our risk checks in, in different ways um, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I like to think that mine's a little bit more adventurous. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, you got me on and spades on that one, dude. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, we'll, you know, just gonna throw that one out there. Not that I did it. Like, I, I feel like a YouTube pilot when I wear it, but I'm not one. So, just throwing that out there. At least you actually take your watch to places. I had to ask someone to do this for me. Yeah, um, right, that's cool. It, but I so, mean, they go places. They're they're living yeah. lives, man. It's cool. It's little, <laughs> you know things that we don't even have to have to start with and it just makes yeah. us feel so badass it makes me feel <laughs> fucking cool um <laughs> right uh on the subject of like watches um for 2023 right so clearly yeah. we've had new watches come in i've had a lot of new watches come in and i've had a lot of fluctuation in the in the in the collection as, as you would have known um i really probably should do a state of the collection episode mm. at some point i think i've never actually done that i feel like i need to do that yeah, me either. at some point maybe for 2024 and it will tie in with a nice anniversary that zulu time podcast is uh, is coming up to shortly but mm-hmm. um aj actually brought you on to talk about obviously all things christmas gift ideas as well as the state of uh, i want to say the state of 2023 and like the wider horology kind of market industry world but effectively we put our brains together and we looked at some of the releases of 2023 and i guess what they mean for the watch fam the watch industry in 2023 okay so i've picked out three uh i know you've picked out three and i was just thinking if we just take it one at a time and just kind of bounce around what the watches were why we like them but you know the potential fallout on how these could affect you know watches going from 2023 um, onward into 2024. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to come out swinging because mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it was, it might have been even on the Bellingham podcast. Um, we're turning eight next year. So it, in the good, earliest good days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, yeah, we're turning eight. So like in the earliest days uh, when I was just briefly mentioning like, oh yeah, I picked up this watch on eBay and, and you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't before pre, pre-watch fam stuff and pre-analog explore. Like, I have a, a Seiko Navigator timer, and you know, it. it I was I had it because I picked it up on a sweet deal. It got out of Mexico. Long story, and um, I had it because I had recently sold my Ingersoll GMT when mm-hmm. uh, my best friend Dan, who serves in our uh, United States Navy, uh, he mm-hmm. was stationed in Japan, and I needed a GMT um, to track because we call a lot, we talk a lot, um, and uh, so I switched over to that, and um, it got me down this whole rabbit hole of like, well, the Navigator timer. There's like three different versions. There was the the Tokyo version and stuff, which eventually um, made me nerd out hard with him when we actually were in Tokyo and we went to the old Seiko Museum. But um, d- d- I think I mentioned on the sh- uh, on the show like years ago that you know there's this one. Seiko Navigator timer and it has a turning bezel on the outside. It's got a red hand on the inside. It was just the perfectly built Seiko travel watch. And it would be great if Seiko ever just reissued it and make it contemporary. And they're never going to do it, right? Well, fast forward probably like six, six, seven years after saying that. Mm -hmm. And we got it this year. Like, and and a lot of people blew up about the fact that it's like $1,200, $1,300 or whatever. But like, Quite frankly, what that is is if the, if that is what you've been waiting for, get it like that. Why not? Yeah. It's only you know in our in our realm, it's only twelve hundred, thirteen hundred dollars, whatever. We're getting on the secondary market. Like that watch represents kind of the theme of twenty twenty three for me, which is it's all about GMTs. <laughs> like just yeah. all the GMTs all the time, and yeah. the 
the flurry of debates of caller versus true and versus flyer and i don't care but the fact is, is that that watch in its proportions got remade in contemporary manufacturing and it's just so dope this thing is just so dope like that that for me cinched it for seiko this year mm -hmm. full stop I, I i think it's great um again I can see why people were a little bit mm, about the price. You know, it's fifteen hundred. Um, For fifteen, okay, yeah. I think it was fifteen hundred. Um, yeah. GB, G, GBP. Um, you know what I mean? And 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 it was an infinitely smaller number than the Seiko that I'm going to mention in a minute. But right. you know, I just right. think both of these releases. So I'm going to bring mine out now because obviously it ties into yours very well. So I I put Seiko 5's fifty fifth anniversary um watch for the sake of art right so i is a watch that i bought um and i can honestly say i'm gonna you know i've got a few vintage stakos as well and i absolutely love them to bits but they're vintage you know, yeah. you know what i mean and they get worn in very specific reasons or you know whatever and the fact that they have a contemporary seiko with all the aesthetics of the original but not just like the aesthetic of it the exact dimensions like everything yeah. is a carbon copy of the original it means i can have everything about it without the chintzy shit bracelet firstly oh, one. Yeah. Um, and also more importantly i don't have to worry about it mm -hmm. like i've got a mac v sock you know 7005 fantastic watch it keeps mm -hmm. great time but it's like 50 odd years old and it's really hard to fix or get parts to fix it, you know what I mean? Like fundamentally. Without a donor. Like, yeah. Right, I don't yeah. know. You know what I mean? I have a Seiko 6139 Jazz Dev chronograph, which is obviously from, from Dev. Um, shout out to you, Dev, hero of a man. Absolutely love it. It is currently undergoing service um, through a contact of ours, uh, of mine, out um, out over here in UK. And funny enough, it has to have that um, gear put into it. Mm which mm, okay. if they, they break that proprietary gear is really hard to find fortunately yeah. we've managed to source them but it still costs money right you know that's extra things to pay attention to whereas this seiko 5 and that's and the navigator uh, Navi yeah. Navi you like aesthetically they're exactly the same as the originals they just have modern movements yeah. in them um, yeah. but because they are aesthetically the same in every way yeah you you don't know the difference. In fact, the only thing that is differently is different is the fact that it says ten bar on the dial. Well, no, I think it also has the prospects uh, X on it too. Like, because I think is it, it is a prospect. I think so. It is prospects I... line. Um, I don't believe it does. Um, I'll I'm going to do a quick it. Google. But yeah. um, I'm, you know, I mean, if in the case of the Seiko Five, the 55th anniversary, the only thing that is different is the fact that mine says ten bar on it instead of 70 meters water resist obviously as we know they used to be waterproof and then water resist dials back in the day and all that kind of stuff so they removed that it just says 10 bar but oh, yeah, i like yep, the fact right. that it's got the so same the... you know i mean i like the fact that they've kept the same font they've kept the same coloration on the dial and everything you know i watched a very in-depth video with um spencer klein where he basically carved like he went through it from his own opinion as obviously like you know one of the i would say probably one of the leading blokes in vintage seiko probably ever yeah. you know and he had some very very minor nitpicky things about it you know go watch the video in fact i put it in the show notes i wouldn't have noticed any of those things you know but obviously yeah. he's been around these watches to know but like i just think it's great but i think what this means for 
2023 going onward is not only potentially we're going to see carbon copy reissue watches from Seiko, which are, let's be honest, infinitely more affordable than carbon copy reissue watches from, let's say, Amiga, mm. you know, with the Caliber 321. I mean, I can't remember how much that one was, but you know yeah. what I mean? Those those moon watches, which are carbon copies as well, from the Ed White Speedmasters, I've picked up my Seiko 5 for less than £350. Yeah. You know, and I just think that it, there's technology, this use of technology in the watch space and the fact that companies are opening up and listening to effectively their adoring fans, because it's an adoring fans watch, right? You know, yes, there'll be people oh, completely. who like You know, I mean, yes, there'll be people who like it, clearly. Yes, there'll be people who like the vintage aesthetic as well and probably not know of the original models. But these are proving to you, these watches prove to you that big companies listen to the watch yeah. fan. And I yeah. think that's what is really key is the fact that we've, I think 2023 has seen that emergence um, at a more affordable scale in the grand schemes of watches, right? Because yeah. obviously we know it's grand schemes of watches. You know, I'm arguing the point now against the 321 carbon copy Ed White Speedmaster, which I think is like 13, maybe 15 oh, it's grand. Yeah, it's bonkers money. That's yeah. bonkers money. You know, but. No, like the and you're and you're right. It doesn't have the prospects uh, X on it. I thought they I, in my mind. I thought they did because on the old on the old version, just like on my navigator timer, it has the the Danish Sua, um, you know, the cyclone or the the lightning bolt looking thing. I in my mind, I thought they put that in there because I thought that would have been a cool nod. Yeah. To be but fair, that would have been a cool way to put it on there. Right, if it was really right. small, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, put the prospect X because it would just blend in, and then you know, it it would say ten bar as opposed to the original. But like, yeah. you know, other than that, like, it just I see that, and mm -hmm. with all of the, like I said, with all of the flight of fancy of GMTs that we've gotten this year, yeah. you know, for Seiko to come out like this, and yes, it's an anniversary year. Every year's mm -hmm. anniversary year, whatever. But you're right. Like they didn't. There's no reason they had to reissue this. No. There's just no. or 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 yours. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't need to. I mean, they could have just put this aesthetic in the new uh, 5KX if they wanted to, but they didn't. And that's just so cool. Just so yeah. cool. Yeah, really cool. Um, and actually, just so you know, and a fun, fun story about the second car, I actually managed to buy two of them. Um, I gifted yeah, one right. to a friend of mine uh, who has no idea, who knows nothing about watches in the grand scheme of things, but he basically complained that his quartz watch, um, which was one I gifted to him 10 years before, um, mm -hmm wasn't not that wasn't fit for purpose but effectively forgotten to change the battery for about three years so it probably was unfit for purpose by this point um we did a bit of a, a trade in fact that i got to take it and learn how to take a watches apart and then in return buy him a watch of the equivalent value um which was great it was a really good trade and he like i said has no idea about watches but he just went yeah. look it works it's it's yep. got day date it's automatic i don't have to worry about it it's robust it's waterproof and it looks good it does all the things great. Yeah, yeah, you know, so yeah, really cool watch, um, really cool. Well, both of them really cool watches. I would happily own the GMT as well, um, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that might be something that if they came up in future for a good for a good deal, that I would probably consider it. Yeah, no, like I said, it just. I think. I mean, everybody's doing vintage reissue, mm -hmm. and or they're doing vintage. I mean, vintage is a thing. I think it's mm -hmm. it's kind of. It's kind of like getting modernized. Um, yes. Kind of like Tudor. Tudor is definitely kind of not pivoting, but evolving from mm -hmm. like their Black Bay line and stuff, and th they're hybridizing it and stuff, um, which is kind of cool. Like we see that in the the Pelagos or Pelagos. Um, but like you know, with Seiko coming out, you know, like they did, and just going through their archives and doing like that's a that's a good analogy of like you have the Omega 
that does something and they do a reissue and it would be it's gonzo's money and here's seiko who does you know equally has history equally mm -hmm. has a repertoire of design that is that is that is their design aesthetic like you look at that and you don't go mm, that's a riff off rolex no that's not that is pure 100 japanese yeah. design aesthetic yeah and then the price that they come out with in today's money you know that's just really cool and they don't have to do that no but they did it's cool. did. and the best bit about it it's all in-house for those who <laughs> like in-house right? You know what I mean? Yeah, so the, for yeah, those who yeah. are in-house, and that's their argument, you can have an in-house Seiko for uh, yeah. £350. Um, yeah. I'm going to move on to another Seiko, and then obviously hand it back over to you, many because clearly this is the Seiko part. Um, yeah. I've put Seiko 5 GMT, okay, as another big release for 2023. Yes. And I know 100%. it was released a little bit before, because it was a little bit before, earlier in the year, maybe actually 2022, if actually you know, they first came out. However, I wanted to highlight a specific colorway, which I really like. And it's the US only version with the charcoal gray dial and the Pepsi inner bezel. It's my right. favorite one going. Um, I used to really like the blue, um, but that one is just really cool. I like the fact that it's not overtly a Pepsi watch i like the way that they've done it with you know the the gray and the, the lighter gray effectively normal for take a five gmt bezel on the outside um but i just think it's a cool colorway um again you know clearly um gmt is in i think as well at the yeah. back of you know the pandemic and all that kind of stuff still i think the attitude clearly as these watches would have taken probably two years to design it's this idea of let's design travel travelers watches because when all of this ends in a couple of years time people are going to want to start moving around again a little bit more i'm guessing i'm only guessing you know but we all know that i'm a fan of the gmt so yeah i mean we've labored the point on it i just think that that particular release of that new colorway version for purely the american market is really cool mm. and you know what i also oddly like the yellow one because i thought <laughs> Imagine this, because clearly there's going to be aftermarket parts for all of these. If you bought the yellow one and then you put a blue and white, a blue and red Pepsi bezel on the outside, yes. you've got yourself a Seiko 5 GMT Pogue. Yeah, a poor man's Pogue. Yeah, but for me, it would be more would be more practical because I True. do stuff, you know, with, with time zones more than I do timing stuff with a 30 minute, 30 minute chronograph. So, True. True yes that no i i agree like and it's funny because like a lot of people kind of i mean a lot of people in the watch fam they miss the screw down crown and all that other jazz mm -hmm. but like what what the i mean to put that case design the skx yeah. design into the 5k line making it infinitely like what we all love it's robust it does things it's affordable and then they're having fun like yeah. they're just like without even a collaboration with rowing blazers like this is just seiko being seiko and yeah i mean they're doing the whole street vibe thing but like if that's mm -hmm. what sells watches like i mean that's the thing it's like in 2023 like one of the things that i've i've noticed is there's this growing i mean yes there's hype and all that other jazz within our ecosystem bubble but um more and more watch muggles are noticing watches like there's more ads Yep. for watches in places I, I mean i sent you an uh, uh a pick actually i was i was in my local dive shop and there's this dive magazine called california diving and i pick it up every month because my son loves looking at it and seeing the pictures of all these different dive stuff and in there was for the first time i hadn't seen in a long time a proper watch ad mm. like for marketing to dive divers legit divers yep. and lo and behold it was it was the um uh, the c courts the yeah the momentum you know had mm -hmm. an ad in there 
And I sent that to you because like, that's, that's feeling like, you know, there's no reason to market, you know, a, a dive watch really to divers. There's no, we're used to seeing it in luxury spaces. We're used to seeing like, you know, uh, all of these ambassadors doing their thing with all the different brands, but more and more, I'm starting to see it kind of get niche again and mm. being marketed towards, you know, uh, like my, my wife gets marketed to, to watch stuff, which is ironic. And it's very mom centric and tailored and stuff. But if you and I look back, not just five years ago, that type of marketing wouldn't really show up unless you were really hardcore watch fam. And it's just yeah. interesting that the, the watch bubble is kind of, you know, whether that's the Apple watch and, you know, people getting in that way. Um, but I also think I, it's people wanting to escape the Apple watch. Sure. Sure. I mean, like, it doesn't matter, like, uh, whatever you want to peg that piece of technology, mm -hmm. whether it's getting it's it's getting people uh, watch muggles curious or watch muggles to retreat. It doesn't matter. Like the fact that that happened is great, you know, yeah. and more and more people, more and more voices are coming into the space. We see that every day on YouTube and such. Yep. But like, it's interesting to see just the more mainstream non niche or and and niche marketing. There, I mean, you have to pay to market. And I just find that yeah. interesting that I saw a lot more of it in 2023. Yeah, so. so did I. I mean, even walking around. So as you know, I know I'm, you know, I'm now posted very near to London and I've been going into London a lot for work and, and for obviously pleasure in terms of just going into London, right? Because there's always something to do. But like billboards, bro, like yeah. uh, bus stops, um, yeah. clearly places like Piccadilly where they have all the screens. You know, I saw a very long Amiga ad on there. You know, you see black cabs all the time, right? And then obviously they're now new, they're electric and all that kind of stuff. They kind of sneak up on you and you have to make sure you're not going to get run over. But what's on the side of them at the moment, bro, is big Oris adverts for the Kermit. Whoa. Yeah. Huh. Like... You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm even like you said, you pay to market, right? You know, right. I, I kind of now know a little bit about marketing and influence, but you know, odd, odd that. But you know what I mean? Like you said, it costs money to yeah. slap these vinyls onto taxi cabs. You know what I mean? Right. So it's interesting, like you say, it's interesting to see it kind of like expanding. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, what other watches did you pick up? So the other one is a real recent drop, um, mm -hmm. which of course I, I, I like. I like to say it goes with controversy. Apparently, I don't know. So the Marine Master is back, mm -hmm. uh, outside of the special edition, a limited edition that was done with the the GMT that was put into it. But a lot of people are tearing it apart because it's not the Marine Master. It's not a mon monocoque case anymore. The bezel is different. Um, it's got more of a sixty-two Moss aesthetic. Again, yeah, it's kind of kind of like what I said with with. Tudor, you know, Seiko is kind of reading the times where you're taking all the vintage things that are selling watches and modernizing it so that it's something new, a little bit more fresh, so that if maybe you don't want to have that straight up 62 Moss flavor, you know, um, even the, the, the reissue of the, the modern 62, uh, 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 62 Moss for prospects, you know, is not a direct throwback to the original 62 Moss. It is a That's modern interpretation. And so this, the Marine Master, and it's, it's interesting because like I've, I've had, a, I've, I've tried a few over the years and they're, they're really cool. Like the old ones, especially with that movement, it's really dope. What I find interesting about this is I don't see, even though it has the moniker of Marine Master, I don't see this as the successor to the Marine Master, funny enough. This to me looks like the successor to what I always wanted the SBDC uh, 051, which was the first modern interpretation of the 62 Moss, if we remember yeah. Uh, seven eight years ago yeah and it's funny because like, i tried that watch on because when it came out i loved i loved the case i loved the the bezel i loved it, especially in the blue mm -hmm. um i had a friend of mine who actually modded 
uh, took got it just to mod it because he hated the uh, the sumo hands set and yeah. put the proper 62 moss handset on it looked gorgeous you know and i it's funny because you know it wasn't a monocoque case either and you know i've 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 toyed with um hunting one of those sbdc 051s 053s i think it was the blue um because like usually they're under they're underpriced they're usually like you know five six hundred usd um on a deal and you know it's it's just interesting to see that you know a lot of people and i don't know if so like to put the, the the marine master uh moniker on that design where it's not a monocoque case and such i do i do see the controversy in that because yeah. it does kind of take away from that yeah. that aspect yeah but um if you kind of take that moniker off and you're like oh this is the sbdc 051 mm -hmm. we always wanted and i i yeah. if I, you look at it in that vein it's really cool so yeah, yeah. That, it, and then of course everybody you know it has a date but it has a hole punch date and of course you got the 430 you know like the elliot brown holton you know i think and i'm not i'm not an expert in this i think a lot more dive watches are going to go that route of a 430 um date because if they want to qualify as a scuba diving iso standard dive watch i believe the standards got updated and you have to have you know, a certain amount of loom. And I think that's why a lot more dials are getting the hole punch. I think, mm. I don't know. It, it makes but, sense. Yeah, it does. Um, but, uh, you know, I, it, the, the, that, that's never really bothered me. Like I, as long as it has a date, I'm happy, yep. you know, and bear in mind, I have no date watches too. Like I've, my Aquascaf doesn't, yeah. but you know, um, I think as long as it's done tastefully and like you said, I don't mind a 430 date and as long as the date yeah. tends to match or is very close to the color of the doll, I don't tend to notice it. Um, right. Right. And so again, like I, I, I kind of kind of bridging back to what I'm saying, like in 2023, I've, I, I've started to notice this kind of amalgam going on um, of like, obviously we got watch muggles kind of looking into our space, like trying to find out the magic of watches. Well, then we've got like in our own space where we're, we're trying to get out of this this trend or try to evolve this trend of contemporary watches harboring from the past but not being a direct throwback unless you're Seiko and you can but yeah. bringing it to spec and that way you can yeah. enjoy them um you know and it's 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 like i said this is for for somebody like me this is kind of the exciting time to see all of this because like I said, I never would have expected the navigator time would be reissued. I just never like no, 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 no. Uh, I think it, I think it was a uh... A shock causing it really for everyone even with the sake of five one re, re, oh yeah re, 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 you know and I, I remember watching a video when that because as you know that yeah i blew your phone up and that um he's kind of got teased but it was yeah. interesting actually i remember watching a video by someone else and they highlighted actually just the the c-shaped case coming back opens a lot of doors for seiko to utilize that again you know, yeah. and like you said, I just think it's interesting the fact that you can do that and, and bring mm -hmm. it to up to a spec and have, you know, like I said potentially some of these more funky, you know, iterations or funky um and unique designs come back, you know, because you know, fundamentally people do like them still, you know. Clearly they sold very well the first time and there is a market for them to sell now, you know. Yep. So what's what that so like I said, Marine Master returning and like I said, reframing it in my mind yeah. as, as the successor to the SBDC 051, 053. Yeah. Um what what's your what's your next take? So um my next take is the Beachmaster. Oh that's a cheap hit. Come on. I know. Yeah, Dude. I had to. Dude. It was a cheap hit. But <sighs> it's so Beachmaster, good. um so good. I'm gonna take the 
collection now. I'm not going to talk specifically about my okay. Beastmaster. Okay. Um, and, Fair and, and, and again, what I want to bring out with, with that is that, this, guys, there's different versions. There's there's three in what would be considered the higher tier automatic Salita movements versions with a bigger box and more stuff. And then there's a lower or more practical version, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, but the quartz version, right? And it has different colorways. Um, what I want to highlight is the fact that I feel that, so I had this conversation with uh, Jana Watch because he mm. asked me, because he's got the quartz Nevo, right? Mm. And his, okay. he came up with a really good point or an interesting point that obviously sparked a bit of a debate. And it was, do you feel, Dan, that you have spent too much money when I've got exactly the same thing on my wrist? To which I turned around and said, no, not at all. I was like, yeah. because I wanted the bigger box. I wanted the coin. I wanted the, you know, that element to it. I wanted to have what the first iteration of the steel brought to the table. I wanted the applied mm -hmm. markers. I wanted all of that kind of stuff. Not taking away the Nevo. I think the Nevo is my favorite of the quartz ones. You know, I don't have a Nevo dial. I think Nevo dial is really cool. I like the overprinting. Yeah. I like the fact that it's a quartz movement. I have the quartz GMT movement in my broadstone fantastic mm. movement you know but i what i like about the collection is that there is something for everyone and uh, you know and i think what is really cool is the fact that they've marketed it as something for everyone you know there for is everyone. a there is a do you want one that is you know reminiscent of something that certain people may or may not kick doors down with you know to do some pretty cool or you know alley or nasty shit depending on you know what side of the uh, <laughs> the door you're on when it happens you know right. or do you just want effectively a, a very well-made very unique gmt <laughs> diver's watch you yeah. know and that's how i looked at it you know, they even did one in bronze aj they i know they did, did. One in bronze. I, I noticed but you know what i, I mean this is my point you know is that there is something for everyone in that collection and that's what i like about it Obviously, I like the fact that Elliot Brown have created what they've created. You know, um, I'm not going to go into too much detail on how it works, but effectively it can count up and count down um, increments of 12 hours, 60 minutes, 60 seconds, whilst giving you two consecutive time zones at any one time as well. That's effectively what it is. Um, according to their own um, launch events that they've held often throughout the year, you know, they did a big one for, you know, the big, the big, you know, initial version, they did one for the quartz. And then they also did obviously a biggest kind of development speech at their 10 year anniversary opening of the crew room. Yeah. Apparently it can time at least seven things at any one time all at the same time. <sighs> and they haven't quite figured out how many things you can do. So actually there's a shout out to you. If you guys go and look at the schematics, if you don't have an Elliot Brown Beachmaster, try and find out how many things you can time. <laughs> all at once because they were very yeah they were very interested in what you could do with that layout and the fact that it's a patented layout as well just makes it really cool you know and it just shows doesn't it that actually you can innovate at a different price points you know what i mean they innovated yes. um at, with the automatic versions they've innovated with the quartz versions they offer something different and fundamentally that's something now that is being offered that is completely different to anything that you see from the Swiss or the Japanese, you know, yeah. and, you know, they're a team of like, what, eight people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
and and they have patents like you said like yeah. the and you and I dove into that in the bezels episode like hmm. the fact that they have a they have a they they innovated around a case and that mm -hmm. is cool because it makes the inside pretty much agnostic i mean perfect example the, the, you just said that the schematics right now with the gmt does seven you know whatever then then let's just say they they figure out a way to do like a mono pressure chronograph put it in there mm -hmm. like then there's a whole other avenue and they they own they own it it's it's their mm -hmm. case and but they didn't have to go high mechanical like we said like the fact that they can keep costs down and keep it um i mean more functional to be honest like you have less moving parts mm -hmm. than the fact that you have a bezel and a crown that does yep. an inner bezel as well that's just cool it's just solving for x it's awesome yeah good stuff Good stuff. Um, what was your final watch release, or did you complete? My, yeah, my, my final watch yeah. release. Um, other than uh, you know, I I I thoroughly have been enjoying my Doxa, mm -hmm. uh, my Kyle Cussler. I I didn't go that route because I wasn't going to go a cheap hit because I, I gob on about that watch. Um, I'm going to go back to Baltic, and Baltic mm -hmm. is just doing Baltic things, and I you know that that that's that independent brand out of France. You know, mm -hmm. they came out with their the Hermetique. Um, you know, that, that watch where the, the crown yes. is kind of flush and stuff. And, you know, I showed that to my, my wife and that's kind of like, that's, that is, that is the perfect all rounder type of watch where mm -hmm. it's not a dive watch. It's not, it's, it's, it can be a field watch. It can be a, a dive watch. You can snorkel with it and stuff. Yeah. And I like that idea of just the, the gata, you know, go anywhere, do anything type of yeah. watch with a, you know, a cool aesthetic. And again, it kind of harbinges back to the old days, but you look at that and you're like, mm, that's not, that's not like a 1940s thing, but it kind of does. Yeah. Um, the one that really caught my eye and it slipped under the radar, at least of me. And I, I, I you know, I follow Etienne and, and, and his crew is Baltic did the Aquascaf for the Japanese market with a gray dial, gray bezel with a full gradient, uh, marked, uh, uh dive bezel. And I missed, I missed that one as well. I'll send you a link because when I saw that, I was like, what? Because I, 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 you know, I know that they did the, the, the vortex swim and mm -hmm. all this, you know, and I, I love um, having a fully gradiated bezel, like on the, the Holton. And I saw that and I was just like, oh, somebody modded a, I, I thought, I thought, because it is Miota based, I thought yeah, somebody modded a, 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 a Baltic and I was like, whoa. And I dove into it. No, they released um, uh, this Japanese market gray dial, gray bezel, Baltic. And it, I, I kind of wish I had one. Like it was just it's gorgeous <laughs> looking. I'll, um, I'll, I'll send you a link or if you're googling it. But essentially, it's got a, um, if uh, it's kind of got like that that gray dawn gray uh, type of dial that Seiko did back in the day, but it's more charcoaly. So it's got a sunbursty yeah. finish. If you're if you're familiar with like the blue sunburst in the in the uh, the blue Baltic bronze, mm. but it has the triangle markers at nine, six, and three with the twelve on top. And then a gray bezel, and I, I don't know if it's sapphire, if it's glass. I don't know what they used for it, um, but it just I you look at that, and I man, I man, I, it's I really wanted nice. it. It's, it's really, really nice. nice. Um, Is um again, looking looking at the photo right now, um, and it yeah. might just be the light, it might not be, but looking at the three, six, and nine triangles, is that a sandwich dial? And they've cut those out. I believe so. So the original Aquascaf, it, it mm -hmm. is a sandwich dial on yeah. the on those markers. Um, it, yeah. it changed when they did it on the um, they changed away from that for the bronze and for the GMT. The GMT is a printed dial, and so is the, mm -hmm. the bronze dials. But um, but yeah, I think I think they kept up with that. Um, mm -hmm. 
but I just, you look at that and it's just, it's, that's just cool. Just, you know, and it's, I, I wanted to bring up Baltic as opposed to Doxa. I love Doxa and they kind of go in the same bunch. You know, they're doing the, these companies, whether it's Baltic, who's young, Doxa, who is old. And, yeah. you know, they're, they have their own kind of like Waseco, they have their own design language yes, and they're pushing it forward. Like a lot of people, Doxa has been dropping some weird additions, you know, and, mm -hmm. but again, if it sells watches and it resonates, they know that they can sell them, obviously they're in the business of making watches and making them for money. So clearly they're seeing and, tr and trying things, you know, yep. Doxa did the carbon case a couple years ago, and now they're doing, you know, uh, like two-tone cases and stuff and all this other jazz. And here's Baltic, again, a younger company than, say, somebody with heritage like Doxa, who's also doing that. And they, I, I wanted to kind of juxtapose both of them um, because they both are using a, you know, vintage aesthetic, but contemporizing it. And that's yes. that kind of the trend that I see even going forward in 24. I know yeah. we're talking about that, but that, you know, that was kind of my my hot take for 23 mm -hmm. is yeah. the, uh, the saying perhaps goodbye to the old and hello to the old and new. Yeah. I would agree. And and also what I thought I like about it is the fact that it's at a more considerable or considered um, accessible price point. And I hate using that term price point, but you know, it is more considered yeah. and it is more accessible um, for those who don't want to spend in the thousands for something like that, or, you know, and I think that's can't. what's really cool. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. like I said, we have life, right. You know, there's life yeah. bills, real world gets in the way of watches often. Right. You know, and uh, if I could have all the watches that I wanted in the world, I'd have, you know, 8 billion, you know, probably pelly cases full of watches that I could, I, I would want, but you know. Oh I mean, no, you know, you would have full-time security. If you had all, if you had all the watches you wanted in the world, hey. you would need full-time security. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you live on an army garrison, mate, with guys with rifles. You know, just saying. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I get it. But you know, I, I think it's good to to see that. And and going back to the hematic before we move on to our Christmas gift ideas, um, I actually like the the launch video yeah. for that. I thought it was yeah. a very good video. Um, yeah. and I like the colorways. I like the applied marker. You know, the markers yeah. with the loom as well. And I mean, obviously, I like that because I own two vertexes that also have that. But you know, like yeah. I think that that as well is something that I think is we're probably going to see a little bit more. You know, um, just re not reiterations but like you said um slight improvements on traditional things right you know what i mean yeah. and, and and using it to com uh, companies aesthetic advantages because you know when it comes to loom practical yes we all like x1 luminova we think it's great but the fact that you you know we're seeing more applied markers of loom and all that kind of stuff it's just an aesthetic thing you know really yeah. and it looks cool you know so yeah, yeah i i did like the thematic i thought it was quite cool yeah, um, if, I, if I if I had to summarize twenty twenty three, because I was as you're saying that, I, I you know a lot in design uh, they just got mm -hmm. right. Like if you look yes. at the fifties and the dive watch, nothing's really changed, mm -hmm. um, other than you know like you know Docs had put the no deco bezel and there's there's these little shift points within you know the history of of all our watches. I mean you know listening to your show all the way back into the days of uh, you know pre World War, mm -hmm. you know we, it, there's been this this evolution, but quite frankly. We got so we, uh, you know, watchmakers got it so right in the beginning that really yeah. it's just more what's let's take the design aesthetics that we know work, but make the manufacturing better and uh, to some degree more accessible. And that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's great. Exactly. It is cool. And um, before we move on to Christmas so, uh, suggestions, I just want to leave off with a point about how our technology making for watches has improved. Um, just want to roll this back. 
that did you know that before 1970, Amiga Seamaster 300s didn't have screw down crowns? There you go, done. Yes, yes, I, you I know, caught that in uh, the. Uh, I'm just going to throw that yeah. one out there because obviously, you know, like I said, you know, we as modern, you know, watch connoisseurs and and, and people who love yeah. watches, that you know, they're always like, oh yeah, well, I'm not going to have a watch with just a hundred meters water resistance. It's like, yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> well, I mean, the Blanc 50 Fathoms as well yeah. didn't have it as well, you yeah. know, and yeah, but that's that's the topic for a different podcast, but it is, it is. <laughs> but yeah, you know, what I mean, but anyway, so there you go, that's the final leaving point for 2023. Um, some some cool watch releases. Um, excited for obviously to see what where this kind of does, um trajectory takes us into 2024. Um, yeah, clearly that was a spoiler, guys, for one of my earlier episodes next year. Um, Christmas suggestions, AJ. Yep. So, um, as you're my guest, I'd like you to basically just go through your Christmas suggestions. Sure. Um, so, and let, let's go on to it. Yeah, so I, I, I did it with, uh, I did three gifts and a stocking stuffer. Um, because, like, I, I kind of feel like uh, if, if you're a person like me and then somebody surprises you with a gift and you're like, crap, I got to come up with something really fast. That's what I, I call my stocking stuffer in today's day and age. It's not literally like something that goes in the stocking. Um uh, there is this uh, company out, uh, here in the United States called Contonement. I've interviewed yep. uh, Kyle Snar, uh, one of the owners and, and founders of Contonement. And what I love about these kerchiefs is that, and I've, like I said, I've had them on my show, and you know, I, I love the brand and I love what they they do. The thing is, is that like with Contonement during the pandemic, you know, you always had to have a mask and. If you're a dad, and this is this is my 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 thing for other dads out there, if if you have a fellow friend who's a father who gives you a gift this season, and you're like, crap, I didn't get him anything, go up onto Contonement and pick a set of uh, Contonement uh, kerchiefs, and give it to that person. Okay, they're usually about forty bucks. And what's cool is, again, for any from a, from a guy to another guy, it's always weird getting a gift sometimes. Uh, and what's cool about it is, is if they're a dad. You always are going to have a snot rag for your your five year old or your 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 seven year old. You know, right? It is something I just, I still to this day after the pandemic I still probably don't leave the house without one in mm -hmm. my pocket. Um, walking my son to school in the cold, you know, a zero or or one C uh, weather that we're in right now. Yeah. Um, and you know the prints are great. Like if if they're into cameras, there's the Opti set. If they're into watches, there's a Chrono set. If they're into cars. They've got auto one and two um, with like different prints. Like I said, for 40 bucks, it's a great bailout gift, stocking stuff or whatever you want to call it, or a dad to dad gift. So that's my, that's my first pick. Um, my next gift is about 99 bucks mm -hmm. USD, all of them are USD. And it's a company out of Germany called, and I apologize, my German kind of sucks, um, Songut. Uh, and Songut makes this... Um, uh, backgammon board. I love playing backgammon. Um, and it's made out of suede leather. Um, and th for 99 bucks, they call it the, the backgammon deluxe, um, uh, it's not almost said watch roll backgammon roll. So it's a travelable full size backgammon set. And it's what my family and I use all the time. Um, it is unwieldy, uh, cause it is a full backgammon board. Um, so they do have a smaller one where it's a half size and it's about 45 bucks. Um, and you can also get it in canvas if you don't want to do it in um, suede. So whether you're vegan or, uh, you know, you just don't like that aesthetic because you're traveling, and you want something a little bit more washable, you know, they've, they've got their canvas one and that's, you know, that's you know, half the price. Um, so yeah, that's my, my, my first gift. Um, my second gift, stepping up just a little bit, is for my 
coffee aficionados. Oh, yes. Because you don't have, function without caffeine. No, I don't. As I reach over and get my Elliot Brown tumbler. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, no, so I fell in love with this um, new um, machine, for lack of better terms, called the Wakako Pico Presso. And it's 130 bucks USD. And what it is, is it's a hand pumpable espresso machine. Now, Wakako has made other ones in the past where they can use Nespresso pods if you're in that vein, or they had this other travelable one, but it was mostly plastic. And this one has a full-size portafilter, so, and it, you can pump, pump it up to at least 15 bars and stuff. Um, I followed on their social media. They even have like in the works like a, a pressure gauge that will screw into it too. But what's nice is it's no bigger than a can of Coke, um, or maybe a little bit bigger than a can of Coke. Um, comes with a traveling case and you can, you know, this is a company that they want people to go out and do cool things and then have really good coffee. Or if you travel and we all know uh, hotel coffee is shit. Uh, so yes. you can have, you know, espresso on the go uh, if you, if you wish um, there's, it's all mechanical, which I thought would resonate well with the watch fam. You know, there's no battery required. It's just pressure and water and whatever coffee you put into it. 130 bucks. I've loved it. I use it multiple times a day every day mm -hmm. for like the last six months. It's great. Um, so that's, that's my, my second one. My last one, I do have to put a disclosure. Uh, so like I was sent these because I'm doing some content for them, but I've fallen in love because I have said, even on your show, I'm not a bracelet guy on watches. Never have. I had, I had only one bracelet watch and that was my wedding watch. Uh, my wife got me. And it doesn't live on a bracelet. Uh, no, it does. Uh, it, uh, it does. It? That, that, yeah, that is the only watch that lives on a bracelet. Ah, it's this... it wasn't why. It's not the watch I thought. It no, was. no, right. no. So this is uh, this is a, a small little company called Le Chateau. Uh, my my wife got this for me uh, years ago. It runs on a Miyota eighty two hundred movement, and it lives on a bracelet. And I wore this on my wedding. Um, it has a um, a deployment clasp that's hidden and stuff. And I love this. I love it. It's got a you know a crown at four o'clock. It was great. Um, but you know, being an active guy, even having this and wearing it for years, needed something, needed something more robust. So, you know, I got another watch, but, um, it lives on the bracelet. Well, so, uh, the fine folks at Forstner reached out to me and they sent me, um, a couple of their samples and stuff. And quite frankly, bro, um, there is a watch that now is going to live on one of their bracelets. Um, I have my fair Rocher, which has your loom that you Ooh, love that are, yeah. that's 3d. But it is on their uh, bullet. Um, this is based off of their uh, the the Bulova, uh, like the um, A12, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, the, uh, the, the astronaut, uh, aeronaut, aeronaut, yes. You know the Astro, you know the Astrom, Astrom, something like that. Yeah, Astrom. Um. So anyway, this this bracelet I think is like 150 USD, 155 USD. But mate, like it is great like it's got a uh like a um milled uh beefy it's a clasp. Proper milled clasp isn't it yeah yep proper milled loads clasp of, loads of micro adjusts from oh nice click um yeah. and loads of micro adjusts from looks yeah and um on the rocher i think like this i mean it literally looks like this should have been mm -hmm. how it shipped and um what I love about it is it doesn't pinch. Uh, so yes, we have mortal size wrists. I also have manly wrists. I have hair, and that's oh, the yeah, one I reason don't... why. I, I, do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have that drama. <laughs> you know, so one knock I have against the Doxa uh, bracelet is uh, you know it it rips it rips hair out. This thing doesn't. 
Um, and so like for 155 bucks, if you've, if you've been a person like me, who's just not been a bracelet person or uh, bracelet averse because you just had too many experiences, or, you know, you have a Seiko, um, that has that chickly bracelet and you want something better like this, this is it, you know, um, I've got, I've got one on the, um, I, I did have it on the navigator timer, but I took it off on my Legant, which also has, you know, uh, nice. It looks pretty it just good. The aesthetic yeah, as well is great, isn't it? Right? Yeah. The um the uh, bullet has um uh screw uh screw pins to to adjust it. So I mean it was it was a dream. Um then there was the rivet uh which I have on the Fury Constant, which actually kind of makes it cool. And basically this is the the kind of the I don't know how to uh, to to qualify it. It's kind of like what the what Tudor did with the rivet style bracelet that they did. But in this case, it actually is a, a kind of a riveted bracelet. And then it's got, uh, I hate this style of bracelet. It has the screw ends on either side Inside. that you have to unscrew. I hate that. That's the one thing about this that I'm like, ah, I really wish it was like the bullet where it's just, it just screws in through it. But the one thing I do like about it in the clasp, clasp is kind of a stamped clasp, which I wish it was more like the bullet where it was milled. But this yeah. is nice. The the a micro adjust is great, but it also has a stretch point, so it actually. Oh, that's will... cool. Yeah. So on wrist, when you flex during the day, like I know the this rivet is probably supposed to be more for like a dive watch, but I like it on my Frederick Constant, which is more of a dress watch because as I'm doing business and stuff, if I flex my wrist, it just goes with me, and I don't have to do any adjustment, which is kind of nice. But um, I think it, and I think the rivet's a little bit cheaper. I think it's like a hundred and. And some yeah. 30, 40. It, and it also has that proper old school yes, know, aesthetic, this... right? You know, this is why they've done it. They've they've done it like a proper riveted bracelet, haven't they? You know what I mean? It's yes. I can see the attention to detail on it. Um yeah. I kind of like the aesthetic. I've seen a couple of like Tudor Black Bay 54s on it recently, yeah. and it looks really cool. Um, but I like I like Forstner. Um, I'm not. That I I've handled. I've not. That I've handled it, but from what I've seen, I can imagine it's very similar to the the bond clip. The, the bond clip I've got on at the moment. Again, you know, it goes back to it. You know, they, this was released back in like 2020, one 20 end of 20 early yeah. 21, and it was it was done because playing enough all this you know um, aesthetic of vintage watches coming back, but people wanted to wear them on bond clips, and there wasn't any, you know, or none to the size, or none where you know maybe the links or the weird links i mean they are kind of like links mm. um you know hadn't stretched you know because i've yeah. got some vintage ones where they have stretched a little bit um and i just think like i said you know the aftermarket bracelet game is also quite good you know to be yeah. fair especially if like you said with your watches some of your watches are very classic in design or very vintage in aesthetic that's me you know i am um, and you want to put it on a solid bracelet, you know, I can't imagine the Legant bracelet on the real thing is ever that solid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. But uh, the one, the other thing that I noticed and, and I didn't, I didn't, it didn't dawn on me because any of the, the bracelets that I have have their own end links to, to mm -hmm. match the case. Yeah. I love straight end linked bracelets. Like th that oh, for me, yeah. for, for, for me and my style, it makes it a dream to be able to switch because like i remember one early one of the earliest conversations you and i ever had is like you reached out because you were trying to change a bracelet on one of your rolexes and you're like god these things are so tight and i don't want to scratch this yeah, thing yeah, up yeah. like this dude i i can use a tip of a screwdriver and pop these things off it's yeah. great you know and I for like, me I like, like, yeah 
yeah, I love, I, I, it just, it was never a thing that was on my radar um, mm -hmm. because I just, you know, they always conform to the case. I love a straight, a straight length yeah. or a straight end. It's just, that's. I, I kind of like the break. I like the break. I don't know why. I like the gap. Um, I have it on my, um, one of my Bramonts because I like showing mm -hmm. off the, the, the three barrel, the barrel, you know, case mm -hmm. design on it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, like you said, I think a bracelet that kind of conforms into the lugs is great. You know, but yeah. I also find because I've got multiple size wrists. Same here. They if they can form into the wrist, tend they tend to have obviously the the end points for the bracelet come out a little bit more to meet the lugs, and therefore the watch uh the bracelet might not conform to my wrist as well because I've got Same multiple here. size wrists. So I find that with a straight end, they just drop straight down. They drop you know, down, and, and that's yeah, and that was something I never I never thought about. Um, and until, you know, uh, they sent me this for, for mm -hmm. review and stuff. And it, yeah, I, I have to admit, like, if you're, if you're a person who's just been, you know, that wants that vintage aesthetic, kind of like we were talking about, you know, a vintage aesthetic, but a good build that's not, you know, Tudor pricing for anything, you know, it's, I, I can't knock these. Like I said, if I had my pick, um, I'm not, like I said, the, the, the rivet, like you said, I, I understand why they designed it. It's not for me, but I mean, I absolutely, absolutely love the bullet. The bullet is just, like I said, it's going to live on the fair from now on. It's it great. Looks nice. Yeah. It looks really anyway, nice. Those are my gifts. What about you? So my gifts are not to do with watches because I knew that we were going to go heavy into watches for 2023. Um, but I've um, recently uh, taken delivery of this. Um, so it is watch related loosely. Um, Jason Heaton's book, uh, Sweetwater, is the second part to um, his Tusker novel, Novalia yeah. set. Um, I say set because if you listen to his latest episode on the Grey Nature, they tease that he does plan to make a to make write a third third book. So not that I'm going to go into the book and spoil it for you, um, but just so you're aware, he is planning on you know writing a third one. Um, but great reads you know easy yeah, reads um factually fairly I, i'm gonna say fairly accurate because i don't know uh, mm -hmm. i'm assuming with his background in diving the diving element is all correct you know um and stuff like that um and just an easy read right just a nice bit yeah. of escapism nice book um so that's one of them um, I believe you can get it in paperback, a signed copy from him as well, and mm -hmm. also new uh, Kindle version. Um, yep, that's so, how I yeah. have it. Um, pick how you want it, as it were. But yes, you know, it is available. Um, and then I have a storage recommendation for you. Ooh. Not what? Is it a, is it a bag or a box? It, mm, technically, it's a box. Okay. Technically, it's a box. So uh, we've gone to um, Pelicase for this one. So I always go to Pelicase. A lot of my expensive things are stored in Pelicases, be it work mm -hmm. stuff, um, personal stuff. Um, but I, I'm going to say quite now. I was gifted. Um, I was gifted this. Um, it wasn't out for any review. I literally think mm -hmm. it was because um, the um, representatives um, for Pelicase at the show just didn't want to pack away a load of their stuff. Um, but effectively, guys, I had to work DSEI, which is the Defense Security Exposition International, uh, this year um, to cover the media for it. 
um, whilst walking around, got the, talking to some of the vendors and some of the companies and obviously exchanged some details and basically got given some some bits for either media, but also just to make my life easier because they didn't want to pack it all away. Uh, and I got given a SD card, CF card case, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about the size of um, a wallet effectively and That's it stores nice. stores six memory cards so i've got my cf cards in there those of you who know what cf card will know the size of that obviously clearly it can also store sd cards in the same you know foam however obviously there is a little bit room but once it's closed they don't move around so i wouldn't worry yeah. about that. um so i've got one of those there's two versions there's the 0915 and the 0965 i believe i've got the 0965 which holds six memory cards uh and you can get the 0195 uh 01 0915 which it holds eight um but yeah i think they're ideal i like the aesthetic when you see people who you know are into handmade leather goods and actually i like handmade leather goods as well but I just don't like it for memory cards. I don't know. It's just something about me. I just don't like it. Um, I want my memory cards to be secure, right? And mm-hmm. I don't really like the little plastic boxes, mainly because you get loads of you get loads of them. They end up everywhere. You know, they're not actually you know that great, really, when you think about it. They're you know. Not. And what I like about the Pelicase ones is the fact that it's loosely water resistant. You know what I mean? It's got a seal around the edge. And looking at what I do as a job, you know, I'm not a studio photographer. You know weather I mean? resistant. Yes. So, you know, for me, that's just that added extra benefit, you know, and it goes with me in my kit. You know, I always have extra memory cards. It goes with me in my kit. And you know what? You know, for 30 odd quid. I think a really good investment, especially if, you know, memory cards are expensive, especially if you lose yeah, them or have to replace them all the time. People forget that, you know? So, um, yeah, that's um, the other one. And then finally, um, I went to Mountain Equipment. So Mountain Equipment have a thing called the Echo Vest, which is a hmm. Polar Tech um, fleece line, very thin fleece line, by the way, uh, vest or body warmer, gilet. Um I've got an older version of it. Um, and I think I have mentioned it before in the podcast, but years ago. Um, but the reason I mention it now is because I took it to Porto. I've recently come back nice. from a long weekend away, if you didn't notice. Uh, but I took it to Porto because it packs down really small. And if you're in a reasonably temperate climate that's not wet, um, it makes for a great base layer if you don't want to be wearing like a thermal top or whatever. You can just like put it on in the evening and obviously it's really good. It folds down into itself. It's quite oh, nice, slim fitting, which I like because it makes, you know, it, it's, it doesn't add bulk is what I'm getting at. Um, but it's still practical in the fact that it's got three pockets. So it's got two hand mm. warmer pockets and the chest wall, and the chest pocket. Um, mm. And it folds into one of the hand warmer pockets as well. So um, go check them out. And it's by mountain equipment, right? You know, they, they make yeah. great gear. Um, um, designed for the outdoors but i think with this one the slim profile if you don't like a down jacket with the puffiness and the potential you know more the plasticky kind of you know material that kind of makes that noise when you fucking rub it yeah that yeah. noise is sounding like a tent um if you don't like that this is a good option because it is just polar tech okay that's cool um so yeah um good good bit of equipment i've had mine for years um, hmm. to the point where I actually genuinely regret not buying two. 
um, when these were released, these were released um, as a limited run, as it were, and limited in the fact that it was just as many as we ordered in that year. But for the Army Mountaineering Association, and I regret to this day not buying two, buying one in the, in the black, which I've got, and one in the alpine blue at the time or something like that as hmm. well. Um, but really good bit of kit. So go check that out. And if you're buying in UK, uh, Mountain Equipment do offer, offer military discount. And I believe if you nice. have the defense discount card, services card which equates to blue light discount um and it's the standard i think 20 percent off so there you go Rad. go check those out um yeah that's my christmas gift ideas um aj looking forward to 2024 now looking into the future um where do you see bellingham podcast analog explorer your content creation kind of going you know like you said you're you're, you're coming staring down the barrel now at an eight-year anniversary yeah. and all this kind of stuff but what do you think 2024 has in store for your own like media content creation and all that kind of stuff so yeah so bellingham podcast turns eight in january and uh i mean we're just going to keep carrying on like we have um we're still part of uh, kmre which is our local mm-hmm. radio station which we've broadcasted on for seven of the eight years um i think we're one of the longer new shows that mm-hmm. they've they've aired um but yeah i know chris and i have just uh you know we're we're we slowed down so we used to be weekly and now we went monthly mm-hmm. um and yeah. that fits both the broadcast schedule as well as as our personal lives um chris has also done his own he has his own spin-off podcasts and projects and well it's just to manage manage all of our uh freelance stuff we didn't, I mean, the Bellingham podcast wasn't ever going to die, but it was one of those things where it's just like, we didn't want to, podcasters kind of fall into this thing where it's, they, they just crank episodes because they have to, and we didn't want to do that. It's never how our show's been. Well, that, or so, they just stop, and then they come or, back yeah, they six months later, and people are like, what, what's this, you know? Yeah, yeah, and so, like, we didn't want to do that, so we're still, we're, so we're a monthly show, and uh, we're going to still continue to do that and stuff, and we're on Substack, and we've been growing, uh, moving a lot of our community to the Substack, just so that um, the joke on the show is nobody can ever get a hold of Chris, and so they get a hold of me to get a hold of Chris, mm-hmm. and so just for me to, like, not have to manage his <laughs> social media, uh, that that's why we have our Substack and stuff, uh, and so that, that's been great, um, and the community there is always good. Uh, season four, technically, of the Analog Explorer. Analog Explorer kind of got a little bit uh, hosed during the pandemic. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I had, uh, you know, I had I had a bunch of people lined up, and then they kind of had to sc- scatter to the winds. But I did get like, you know, uh, Zulu Alpha back in the day, and and eventually I got Graham Gannon, which was kind of the podcast. Like Graham's, what's funny? Graham's episodes, even today, are still some of the most listened episodes in the analog explorer because he's an interesting and good bloke mate oh he is he is but like just because like uh the diving element and stuff because i split that into two episodes where it's just the story of him and his family and diving and 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 the kelp and then there was the watch side of it and stuff and so those those two together kind of um get listened a lot next to um uh nico uh the the antiquarian horologist uh Mm -hmm. episode those are the kind of the the my heavy hitters in the feed um i've got some people lined up uh and so season four will be cool um i've got i i, I can't say because they don't have confirmations you know me i don't like to say who i've got until i've actually had them in the can because things mm-hmm. happen um so uh yeah analog explorers uh season four is gonna be cool um i've so far i've got five episodes um slated and uh pending pending people like you know life and stuff but that'll be in in 2024 
And then in 2024 also, I've been brought on with um, uh, Jeff, who's the owner and proprietor and founder, uh, the editor-in-chief, whatever you want to call him. Um, he's the CEO of Deep Sea Magazine. And so Deep Sea has brought me on to um, start the Made Under Pressure podcast, which will actually, it should start hitting the feeds next week after the holiday. Um, when, when we were planning things out, uh, we both kind of forgot here in America, the Thanksgiving holiday. And so uh, technically it was supposed to start today, but the holiday week is we, we can't get the recording done. But um, so starting next week, the, the first actual episode for that should probably go out. It's a zero episode. Uh, I'll be sitting down with actually Jeff and kind of getting the backstory of how Deep Sea Magazine got started and, and that. Um, and so, yeah, that'll be my other my other project uh, for podcasting in 2024. So those, those will be the three main channels. And then if if you are so kind to bring me back mm -hmm. onto your illustrious show, I will always have Mike and travel, uh, dear brother. So, you know. Wonderful, because you are slated for... Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay I'll, put you, I'll put you on the slate. Uh, nice. Yeah. What about you, man? You've been, you've been going like gangbusters when, in content creation, man. Like... Yeah, so like... I think I've managed to find a really good kind of like work-life balance with this media lark, as it were, I guess. Um, that, guys, and what you would realize is obviously AJ's just mentioned Thanksgiving. You're listening to, the, in, listening to this in December. We've done some time travel shit going on here. But effectively, yeah. guys, effectively, I've just managed to get people at the right time uh, and drafted them up. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to continue to be a bi-monthly release you know two episodes a month um wow cool i'm i'm planning to remain a interview based podcast you know me being the main host bringing someone on be it talk about a company a particular person's collection their journey in, in horology um or more of i want to host episodes where we bring multiple people on and we talk about a topic right you know because we've all got different views and yeah, these are people who are linked to me through the watch community and this, this this awesome hobby where I think they're interesting but may or may not have a outlet to yeah. voice their opinions. Uh, and I'm not saying, guys, that I'm like the be-all and end-all and I'm not saying that I've got the biggest following, but I like interviewing people, right? You know, I like talking about this weird and wonderful hobby and all the spin-offs that it brings, you know, with the other things that, you know, kind of loosely linked to watches. Um, so that's kind of like my plan, really, is continue that. Um, I also have an anniversary coming up, mm -hmm. four years, bro. Mm -hmm. Four years mm -hmm. in January, which is really cool. So um, I don't know what I'm going to do, whether I'm going to look to do um, like a giveaway or a photo mm -hmm. competition or a watch, something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm considering it. Um, I will probably give December that thought and then... Uh, announce something at the end of January in the second episode looking into the February and the reason for that is just because I would have to do some planning now to get stuff ready right. for then but right. you know either way taking the four-year anniversary I do want to mark it with something um, and then looking at my trajectory of episodes it looks like in episode uh, sorry in the fourth year I'll also should break 100 episodes Ooh, so I think I think one. maybe combining it together, you know, like, you know, four years, a hundred episodes, let's do something. I think that's how I'm probably gonna gonna skin that cat. Um 
the other side of it is the content creation and um i like to think my photography has improved um i've mm-hmm. managed to take the lens cap off aj which is always a good thing you know wait um, what we're supposed to what really yeah apparently so oh. mate. i didn't know that you know oops oops yeah yeah so you know anyway so looking at doing that and incorporating obviously my professional side continue that vein with 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 the visual media and i'm going to say visual media now as a key because i'm looking at maybe incorporating other than just stills onto the timely moments page more often uh but we'll see like i said i i you know i'm always learning in that in that regard you know um you can never not you know finish learning in terms of your your own tradecraft so um just utilizing that and bringing that in there with with, with um the instagram um, but I also, bro, want to write a, few, a little bit more. You know, clearly I've I've oh, linked right him with Justin really well. Um, linked cool him with him, a really cool guy, really knowledgeable. Just you know, shaking up, shall we say, in independent opinion, which is I'm here for. And I think that's what, as we've agreed and we've spoken about before, as being with independent podcasts, we can pretty much say what we want because we're independent, mm. right? You know, and I want to continue that, and I want to link in with people. But what Justin offers me in terms of an outlet for creative writing is something where you know I can return the favor where he comes onto the show and has a voice, right? That's cool. You know, and making him not just a faceless entity that writes, but actually a person and a voice. And, and, you know, I think that relationship, you know, take away our actual friendship away from it, but the actual media side of it, I think Mm -hmm. is balanced really well. So I do want to continue that. Um, Like I said, you know, I've got a few ideas of a um, article that I do want to write, which um, Mm. I'm not going to go into too much, but clearly it follows a military vein and, and British watchmaking vein as well. And something that I'm probably renowned for within the watch space, which is quite good. And again, it's just kind of like writing the opinions down and, and, and stuff like that. So hopefully that'll be enjoyable. Um, yeah. But I do have something for the podcast uh, and I'm happy to tease this one because I've approved the design. And when these come in, these come in. But like I said, it's great, you know. Four years and hopefully 100 episodes at some point in 2024 um there should be timely moments and zulu time podcast challenge coins yes so that is something that i don't know like i said, don't know the time frame um all i know is that the time frame will be within 2024 which is really cool so yeah i said i've approved it approved the design as it were and i'm just waiting back yeah. for how that works guys i may not i may not design a watch i don't know how to design a coin so you know leave it to the powers that be um on the subject of designing watches however um i also want to tease the fact that i am in conversations with a a company um that has been on the podcast um for an idea of a special project um no not elliot brown no not strictly military but this is a really important um special project should we say um that it will be available to anyone uh which is really cool uh and it does commemorate an uh, anniversary in 2024 so i'm really yes. pleased about this idea that we've had this conversation it's been kind of like ongoing for a while um to the point i'll even happily let you know that i actually had the first conversation about this last november so it mm-hmm. tells you how long sometimes things things take, guys. Um, yes. But hopefully, like I said, this will be a really cool release. I'm really excited about this one. Um, and just the way that we've tied in their aesthetic and what they do and what they're famous for with this anniversary, I think was just a really cool meeting of minds, um, even though it's, you know, except we've had to 
look at different you know stuff to do with like manufacturing techniques which is like clearly way above my head but also aj really interesting to see how companies mm-hmm. go about doing this so you know i've Agreed. learned a lot you know even even just in the planning stages i've learned a lot and i'm just excited for you know the continuation of this project after you know the christmas break and into 2024 so wait out for more because invariably i'll tease this when this design comes out and you know i might even actually get their uk representative to jump on the podcast actually that'd be cool announce it which would be really cool so yeah um i like to think bro uh much the same 2024 for the zulu time slash timely moments um page content creation um but we'll see we'll see that's kind of the plan uh, and hopefully guys you got will uh, enjoy it and continue to be the audience and come along for the journey as it were so so there you go that's that's kind of where we're at um aj as you're my guest what is ah. your clo- what is your closing note ah my favorite part of your show oh that's what, that's what i say on mine uh <laughs> so so used to saying these picks are picked for you by Dan and AJ for your quality assurance. So, okay. Um, my closing note is uh, here available in Amazon prime video in America. I'm presuming probably it's on BBC iPlayer because I, I think it comes out of BBC. Mm-hmm. It's, it's called, uh, it's a two episode series called world war two divers. Now, mm-hmm. when I came across it, um, I was just like, Oh, that's cool. I'm, that there's not a lot of diving content uh, usually on on amazon prime and i watched it. it's two episodes and it's a history lesson in the battle of the atlantic which okay. i i you know given some projects that are going on i was doing some research and stuff and i stumbled upon it so i was watching it and it's fantastic even if you're a not diver it basically talks about this crew this team uh, uh out of northern ireland and Deary, so Deary had um, yeah. like the, the base and stuff. And it's uh, this, this fraction of history of World War II that I didn't even, I've heard of, but I didn't know all the details of. And there's this a mass of shipwrecks out there from mm-hmm. the Battle of the Atlantic. Yep. And these guys are deep technical uh, shipwreck divers and they go down to find and name. Um, they have like historians they have on and stuff and they do this in two episodes it is a history lesson of the battle of atlantic and especially for somebody like me who is not as abreast of world war ii and all the nuances of all the battles like yours truly um you know it was it was really cool and then the diving element of it um you know seeing what they do and how they do it and the amount of decompression obligation they have to have to come back up you know it's really a cool watch for two episodes so um, highly recommend it. And as everybody knows me, I'm not a big military uh, buff and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Even my wife enjoyed it. So interesting. Sounds cool. Yeah. Um, and also, bro, uh, the Battle of the Atlantic was the longest battle, I believe, longest battle of World War II because of the endurance of the convoys. Um, they, yeah. Very interesting. I don't really know a lot about it. All I know is it was like convoy ships and U-boats and all that kind of stuff. Lots of U-boats. I'm sure it'd be very interesting to to give that a watch. Um, If it's not available on UK Amazon, guys, um, it's modern day technology. I'm sure you have a VPN. Uh, Throw your VPN VPN on and watch on American Amazon, um, because that's what I will end up doing. Um, That'll be one for me to watch over Christmas leave, bro, because I have time. So yeah. It's good. Um, my closing note is also historical, but not documentary. Uh, it's historical satire. It's probably the way to describe it. However, I feel invested after five episodes, uh, five seasons of this, so I've got to mention it. Um, season six of The Crown 
has been mm. released on Netflix. Um, so whether you're a deep-seated royalist, um, you like the royal family, hate the royal family, just love Big Liz um, and the institution that Big, Big Liz was, um, and you want to kind of understand some of the events um, that happened, um, give it a watch. You know, clearly take it with a pinch of salt. We don't actually know how all these individual conversations went down, but let's be honest, it's a lot of the events are well documented, right? You know, um, they are one of the most documented families in the world, you know, despite what the, despite what the Kardashians would say. Um, But, (laughs) you know, that's the point, right? You know, and it takes you up to a certain point where obviously it will finish. I believe it's actually being released in like two parts, I think. Hmm. Um, I'm not too sure, but um, I watched a couple of episodes um, last night. Um, and for me, bro, it's quite interesting because I am, I'm now watching episodes or events that have dramatized events that I remember on the news, right? Right. So right. I now remember these things. Going, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Uh, and it's just interesting to t- see the take on Netflix's, you know, spin on on those events and how they choose to portray them. Um, so yeah, give it a, give it a watch. Um, I also like the actors, by the way. Actors and actresses are very good in them. So give hmm. it a watch. Um, season six of the Crown. So yeah, that's awesome. Right, guys. Um, clearly, me and AJ have finished talking wax lyrical about twenty twenty three. Um, on our favorite watches, we've given you some Christmas gift ideas. Um, we've giving you a sneak preview into what 2024 holds for our individual media content. And we've also given you a closing note to go and um, watch uh, at your heart's content. Uh, AJ, before we sign off this video, bro, got absolutely anything else to say um, at all? No, just happy new year, everyone. Yeah. Happy new year. Um, guys, there will, I say there will, there's, there will be another episode after this, because this will go up obviously as oh. you listen to it earlier December However, I'm not too sure yet if the next episode will just be a public service announcement where I wish you a happy new year again, or if it will actually be an episode um, that's down to current plans for recording. Uh, And also, to be honest, guys, (laughs) rewind back to when I said I was an independent podcaster. I can choose when I put my episodes up. So (laughs) that's true. Just going to dangle that carrot and see what happens. Uh, But no, guys, um, I hope you have a good Christmas break um with your families um and and your friends have a good time stay safe and all that kind of standard stuff um if you're not your families through work deployments or whatever obviously clearly keep safe um and kind of get your family and friend time the best that you can um and yeah have a good good christmas have a good new year and i'm sure we'll catch you on the pod in 2024 at some point where aj's features again very early on an episode where we'll talk about future watch predictions of 2024 and what we would like as watch fam compared to what the watch companies want to give us because they want to make money um but yeah look forward to that episode and we will catch you in 2024 until then uh we will talk to you in a bit bye bye bye